This is Jedrick Wills, left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, and you're listening to the Browns Huddle Podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Brown Subtle Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hand. It's Thursday, December the 10th, and we are 9-3, and three, folks. The Cleveland Browns are 9-3. and three. We're going to get into all that, but before that, this podcast is part of the Zedia Network. That's media spelled with a Z. Go check out everything Zedia Network has going on at ZediaNetwork.com. That's ZDianetwork.com. You can also check them out on Twitter at ZDianetwork. They have six amazing podcasts that you can check out on, on, on their website. A couple of them, just to name a few, the Joshua Perry Show is part of the Zedia Network. Drive the Lane, hosted by Andrew Zolden and Joey Lane, former Buckeye basketball player. They talk a lot of NBA, college basketball, and college football. So be sure to check out that podcast. Unofficial Bengals podcast. They've had a tough year, but I tell you what, these Bengals are going to be very good in the years to come. And I think Joe Burrow is going to come back strong from that injury. I just have a feeling. It was very unfortunate what happened to him. But I think he's going to come back and, and lead that team for the next 10 to 15 years. But, yeah, check out the Bengals podcast it's called the unofficial Bengals podcast there's a couple others ducks on the pond they cover mlb action the southeastern podcast sec football and zedia network has a gambling show football podcast so be sure to check that out if you like to gamble on football i'm sure that our college football nfl football that would be a a podcast to check out this podcast, though, the Brown Subtle Podcast, is for the fans, by the fans. You, the fan of the Cleveland Browns, is what makes this show possible. We have weekly guests that are fans just like you. So if you'll do me a favor and hit the subscribe button, that will let us know to notify you on future episodes that are released. And you never know, that episode could be starring you. We also have other guests. We have sports media guys. We've had Jeff Risden on the show. We've had Zach Jackson on the show as a guest. Um, We're going to have future guests, players, former players, but mostly fans of the Cleveland Browns because that's why I started this podcast and that's who I want to talk to each and every week are fans of your Cleveland Browns. A couple more items and we'll go ahead and get into the show. T-shirthooligan.com. Go there for this holiday promo. All Browns Huddle podcast listeners get 10% off of their entire purchase from T-shirthooligan.com. Go there and do your shopping, and at checkout, enter HUDDLE, all uppercase, HUDDLE, H-U-D-D-L-E, and by entering that promo code, you will get 10% off of your purchase at T-shirthooligan.com. That's a gift from me to you as just an appreciation for being a listener of this podcast. All right, let's go ahead and get into it, folks. We are nine and three. 
coming off a win that most didn't think would happen. I said it would happen last week, but if I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't really confident about it. I really wasn't. I mean, come on, Tennessee Titans. They, they've had, they're, they're just a strong, well-coached team. And the Cleveland Browns, we're, we're going to get into all that, but the Cleveland Browns have, have, I mean, at that point, they're eight and three, right? Good wins, but this was one of their first tests. I mean, they've had a couple of tests this year, but this was their first true test that everybody was looking at and everybody was wondering how the Cleveland Browns were going to match up against the Tennessee Titans. They did it in historic fashion by beating them 41 to 35. We're going to get into all that. Baker had a <laughs> Baker had a great day. Four touchdowns in, in the first half. Um, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield for sure. We're also going to preview the Monday night football matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. You thought this Tennessee Titans game was huge? This Baltimore Ravens game is our biggest game of the 2020 football season. We're going to get into all that tonight. We have a special guest, Michael Welsh, coming to the Brown Settle podcast. He is an end zone cameraman for the Tennessee Titans. He was at this game this past Sunday. He will give a unique perspective from the game. Big Mike, that's what he goes by. Big Mike also writes articles on your Cleveland Browns at medium.com. We're going to get into that. We'll, we'll, we'll promote that for sure. He's, a, he's an excellent writer. And you can find all of his articles at medium.com. Speaking of which, Mike is in the waiting room, so I'm not going to keep him waiting. I'm going to let him right in. We will let him in right after this quick break. And we are back in the Brown Settle podcast. I have a very special guest with me in the huddle. Big Mike is what he goes by. On Twitter, you can find him at Big underscore Mike 9169. Mike, welcome to the Brown Settle podcast. Hey, man. How's it going? I'm doing excellent, man. How are you? Man, I am, uh, I'm honestly still on cloud nine from uh, this whole week of sports between the Browns win and the Steelers loss. Oh, it's been great. It's just been one good piece of news after the next. And I mean, the Browns are nine and three. And I, I don't remember the last time we've been able to say that. And of course, you said that Steelers lost their game on Monday night. And we just got news. We got flexed next Sunday night against the Giants. So that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I, whenever I saw that earlier on Twitter, I was just like, I was really hoping they would flex at least one game the rest of the season. I was really hoping it'd be the Titans game, but I think it was it was too uh, too soon for like their deadline to flex. So I'm happy they did the they flex the the Browns Giants game. I think that'll be a good one. It'll be an excellent one. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that game. We have a lot to get into this show, uh, Mike. But before we do, you have an awesome job that I found out through Twitter. Uh, you know what you do for a living. You're an NFL cameraman for the home Tennessee Titans game. And as a football fan, that's just got to be a dream come true. So why, why don't we get into that? Let's start with your job as an NFL cameraman for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so um, I do absolutely love shooting the games. I've been shooting uh, the Titans games for almost five years. And uh, it's it's awesome, man. Like the, the, the people are great. And like being such an NFL guy like my entire life, it was it's a very hard group of people or a very like hard job to get into, you know, it's a very tight crew. So whenever 
a position opened up and you have to know someone to get in. And like that happened several years ago. And I just, I've locked it in ever since I'm like, man, I do not want to um, ever lose this spot. So it's, I do the, uh, I do the low end zone on the South, South end zone, low end zone camera. So I'm right on the edge of the field. I've done the handheld camera, like on the field, which they're not doing that this year, of course. Um, so yeah, it's, it's absolutely, it's a blast, man. I look forward to it every Sunday. Now, was that the one touchdown end zone or the three touchdown end zone for um, Baker Mayfield? That was the one touchdown end zone. Okay, yeah. that's that's I, all right. Yeah, I, I was. It, it's funny whenever the ones were happening on the other end, man. I was operating my camera and in my head, I was like, "Oh man, I would have loved to see him sliding in, doing that celebration and everything with Higgins." And yeah, that was that was awesome. Dude, I just saw that slide in yesterday. I didn't notice it before, but I saw it on Twitter. Someone had a a really cool angle and it showed Higgins doing his walk and then Baker doing the baseball slide. That was f- fantastic. I love yeah, that was, I mean, I, I, I didn't know it. I didn't notice it happened during the game. And then I never, I didn't even see anything about it on Twitter until like the next day. Yeah. And I think what it was, was the, that looked like it was like a, a cinema camera, you know, probably the NFL films guys maybe. And, uh, or maybe even the Browns, the Browns film crew that shoots the games, but that was the cleanest slide I've ever seen, like on a football field like that. It was just, you can just tell his confidence is just through the roof right now. It's a guy that has fun on the football field. I mean, you see him sprinting, you know, following Nick Chubb into the end zone, making a few blocks. I mean, the guy's having fun. And I think that's what we're seeing with Baker Mayfield. His numbers are improving. He's getting more confident. He's just having fun out there. And that's what it's all about to me. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big part of it. And I think that's what he lost a lot of that last year. And it's good to see that coming back for him because that's part of what makes him who he is. I think as an NFL quarterback, it's very infectious for his teammates and fans like us to see that and you just get pumped up, you know. Tennessee Titan home games, right? Do you ever travel or do you just pretty much stick to Tennessee? So I just, I I, I don't travel with the team and do anything on the road, but I, I'm, I'm technically, I'm a freelance camera operator director in film and television so I do a bunch of other stuff on the road in Nashville um and then uh obviously the Titans game and and then the past couple years I do a lot of their studio stuff so they do their head coaches show and like Titans Blitz uh with Eddie George and Lance Smith their uh their personality there at the stadium so those are always a lot of fun um I don't travel with the team a lot of the full-time staff Titans people travel with the teams like last year during the playoff run that they were up in Baltimore they were everywhere um doing those but now a lot of the other work I do I I do a lot like music festivals and concerts and you know all kinds of stuff man so I'm I'm I flew about like 45 times last year doing shows all over the place um and then whenever I'm back in town I do the Titans I do a lot of college football um some stuff down like Memphis Grizzlies so it's it's all over the place. It's pretty uh it's pretty crazy. How does this work? So are you employed by the Titans, NFL Films or the NFL? How does that work? So it's yeah, it's a good question. Um so technically I'm self-employed freelancer and then I'm a part-time game day um employee with the Titans. So I'm employed directly through the Titans for that. Okay. And then um Everything else I do is just freelance for countless companies. It's just whoever calls. It's a, it's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not a typical job whatsoever. You go through 
high points and then you go where you work four days a month and then other months you're working 30 days a month and you know just you just kind of got to roll with the punches but I wouldn't have it any other way man it's it's definitely what I love doing I, I have a, a question how many cameras are aimed at the field do you have any idea I mean I, I know that regular one o'clock games there's fewer and then Sunday night primetime Monday night games I know there's more but on the average how many how many cameras are aimed at the football field so I would say with with the broadcast, um, the games that I've worked through CBS, it's typically anywhere from 10 to 11 hard cams, which are just cameras on sticks or on tripods. Sorry, I'll start using some film slang and lose everybody. But it's uh, a <laughs> camera, you know, cameras on tripods pointed at the field. And then you have usually two handheld ops on the field. And then they have a bunch of like locked off shots and you see them a lot coming back from commercial like the goal post uh that, that's like a, a pov camera on the goal post they'll come back in from commercial and put a graphic up about coming up games and whatnot so total hard cams and um unmanned cams are probably close to 15 to 17 and that's just on a 1 p.m game and of course the the primetime games are more than the super bowl is you know Super Bowl, I, I can't even give you a number. I've heard numbers over the year. I mean, it's over, it's hundreds. <laughs> it's it's insane, yeah. Did you see any Browns fans in Tennessee? I mean, any anybody in particular, any Browns Twitter fans that maybe came up and said hi, recognize you? Because you, I know you announced that you're at the game. Did you see anybody there? Um, no, I, I did see a, a decent amount of Browns fans, which is always good to see, especially in a, a year where there's less people in the stadium and seeing a lot of Brown and orange out there was awesome. Um, I didn't talk to anyone that, uh, like I knew from Twitter, like, I don't know if I knew anyone that, that came down for the game. Um, so no, I didn't, I didn't end up like directly talking to people. I did during halftime just cause it was, you know what 31 to seven and a half times so I was just on cloud nine I you know I <laughs> yeah. left my camera to go take a bathroom break and I was passing Browns fans like giving them elbows and just like saying go Browns that was pretty awesome but yeah it was it was a good amount of Browns fans I would have came by and said hi I had plans to go to that game before the year started my brother-in-law lives in Nashville Right, right outside Nashville. We're okay. going to go on a, a deer hunting trip on Saturday and then go to the game on Sunday. But with COVID, just got called off. But he still yeah. did the deer hunting. He sent me the pics. He had a great weekend. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, COVID's definitely made a lot of plans go away for a lot of people. But yeah, that's just the, the world we're living in right now. You may not know this, or maybe you do. What's the greatest play that you've ever captured on film? Oh man. So I want to say, and forgive me if I'm wrong, because a lot, a lot of these games run together over the years, but the, um, I want to say it was last year when the Titans played the Eagles and, or it may have been the year before, but Corey Davis caught a game winning touchdown and I had like a perfect shot of it that they used for the replay, which is like on my camera, like my camera assignments are usually tight shots of quarterbacks or if I ISO a wide receiver or running back, whoever it may be. So I always get those shots. And then they're usually using my camera for replay shots. So he was on the other end of the end zone, but I had just like a clear line of sight of him making the catch. And I just remember it happened. The stadium went crazy. And then uh, 
they cut to the replays and I saw mine up on the video board. I think even the broadcast used my replay and that was just like, it was insane. Cause I'm, you know, I'm obviously not a Titans fan, but it was still just like, my heart was pounding. I was like, man, this is just crazy. Yeah. That was a lot. And, and they used your shot for the replay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they used, and I mean, they'll cut to several of them most of the time, but they went right to mine first because it was, like I said, it was that clear line of sight. So it was just, it was awesome to have that. So is your camera all, it's always on during the whole entire game? No. So, um, and I can break that down a little bit. So uh, essentially you have uh, a control room with a guy who's directing. So I have a headset on and uh, he's, he's got a technical director who has this big video board that has a thousand buttons on it. And he's, you know, you cut in graphics, you that that's where they cut the show that you see like when you're watching the broadcast and you see it go from the game camera view to another camera, another camera, and then you see a replay come up. Like all of that is happening and they're cutting around using that video board. So my camera, it has a red tally light on it whenever you're actually live. So I'm not live all the time, but you shoot as if you are. Well, you don't want to, you know, just have an empty shot of the grass or something just because they're not on your angle, which, you know, does happen sometimes to people where they just, uh, you know, kind of zone out or whatever. But you, you always uh, shoot as if you're live. And then uh, they, like I said, they they use my camera primarily for replays. That's awesome, man. That's a, that's a great job. And and you you're actually going to give us a unique perspective of the Browns Titans game. You had the best seat in the house, right? You're right in the end zone <laughs> with the camera in your hand. I'm sure sometimes it's hard to separate your job from being a fan. I'm sure. Yeah. Your emotions a little bit. Oh man. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, coming in this game, like I, you know, I had it circled on my work calendar all year. I was, I was just like, I'm not missing this game if I can avoid it. And, uh, yeah. Like when, when stuff started popping off and Baker was just looking like the Baker, we all wanted him to be and that we've seen, I was, I mean, I was shaking. I was like holding my camera and they were, I just wanted to fist bump. You know, I was just like, it was so hard to, to focus. And the director knows I'm a Browns fan. So in our camera meeting before he's a great guy. He was just like, is there anyone uh, in, in this meeting who has uh, the opposing team's colors on? And, you know, cause we, we usually all wear Titan stuff and he looks at me and I'm just like, no, no, not me. I don't have anything uh, Browns on. Yeah. It was, it was funny. And then over the headset, he was telling me, you know, uh, he was like, yeah, Titans are going to win by 20. You know, he, we were kind of smack talking back and forth. And then, yeah, it was radio silence on that headset when the score was just going up and up. And then he was like, I think Welsh is the only one who's having fun here. And I chimed in. And I just said dog check. It was really <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, we typically, you know, since we're shooting for the Titans, after each play, we follow the Titans players, whether they're getting up and going back to the huddle, they're going to the sideline, sure. whatever. There were so many times that I just wanted to follow, you know, Baker or Chubb or follow a Browns player after a play, and I was just, like, having to resist. That was pretty tough. Now, I saw on Twitter that the the Browns and Baker Mayfield, they were warming up on your side, so you got to kind of – I know you are doing your job and everything, but you had a great view of the – of the warmups, which is pretty cool, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So I we usually have to hop on headset like an hour and a half before the game. So I'm down there at ten thirty. And uh yeah, they're all a few of them are out there like 
uh, David Njoku's down there, and he's catching some passes. He came right up to my camera um, where my where my camera's actually positioned, and he, like, put his hands over it to just kind of stretch or something, and he had a ball in his hand, and I just so bad wanted to take my headset off and just say something to him. I didn't. Um, but, yeah, they were all down in my end zone during the pregame warm-ups. And then, of course, like, whenever they started dropping that in, I mean, yeah, you're within, like, 15, 20, 30 feet of them or whatnot. It's, it was awesome. It was so cool seeing Baker come out there, you know, no uniform on, just, like, with his mask on, headset on, just throwing warm-up passes. I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. I mean, the fan and you probably wanted to yell dog check or something, right? Here we man. go, brownies. Here we go. Like, but you yeah. couldn't. It took, <laughs> yeah, like, it took – I really wanted to, yeah. It took it took everything in me not to just be a fan for a second, you know. I was worried about that going into the game. I was like, man, what am I going to do if they – because a lot of times players, you know, they come up over there, they'll be talking to someone, they'll talk to the photographers and whatnot, and I'm just like, man, if they if they come over here, I'm going to have to just, like, say something to them. It was, it was funny. Yeah, wow. What, what, what a game that was. The Browns win 41-35. to Baker Mayfield – throws four touchdowns in the first half, one in the first quarter, three in the second quarter. He's, he's the only quarterback that's thrown four touchdowns in, in one half, and he's done it twice this year. He, he threw four against the Bengals in the second half, and he threw four against the Titans in the first half of this game. He's the only one. Out of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, Baker Mayfield is the only one to do that. What were your thoughts? I mean, you, you saw that historic performance. He just went off, man. Yeah, it was um, – it seriously made me so happy to see him come out there and, and do that because the whole narrative going into this was they can't win the big game. They're, they're relying on Chubb and Hunt, and we have to see it from Baker. Baker this, Baker that. And it was just, I mean, decisive, accurate, just everything that we saw, like, in, in 2018, a lot of things. I just think it's it's 2018 Baker, but – the progressions through totally. the roof. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely amazing to see him just dropping dimes. I mean, there weren't any questionable passes, you know, there was a time when he would drop back like last year and he would rear back and he was about to throw and you, I don't know about you, but I kind of would just like, you know, clinch up a little bit. I'm just like, Oh man, like let's, you know, and this year, especially this Titans game, it's just, it's felt very different. And you can tell that he's he's getting a lot better and he's getting comfortable in the offense and everything. You're you're right, Mike. I mean, Baker would drop back and pass last year and even the first part of this year, and you would kind of go, Oh man, here we go. I haven't felt that in a while. Um, I'm very confident in Baker's ability to throw the football and not turn it over. And I think this is his fifth game of not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely playing at a at the level that he needs to be playing at for us to make this playoff push, you know, like this is, it, it would be much different if we were just running all over teams and he was still, you know, 10 of 26 for 120 yards and two picks in games, but we're still finding ways to win, which is great, but we need to see it from him as well. And I've been a, a huge Baker believer since they drafted him. I loved him at Oklahoma. And this is just, you know, after, after last year, all, you know, all my friends are Titans fans too. So they were coming in this game, just talking smack buddy of mine he's on a podcast and he was he was saying that I would love to see Baker Mayfield beat us through the air I think that the Titans could take advantage of that and I was just like well 
I mean, I think Baker took advantage of her secondary. Like, you Careful know, so. what you wish for, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it was – it's awesome seeing him progress, man. That's all I want. I don't care if he puts up huge numbers every week. Just take care of the ball and, and you know, be comfortable in the system he's in because I think that the Stefanski-Baker marriage that we have could be something special if it continues to trend in this direction. I think you're exactly right. Let's talk about – uh, Kevin Stefanski and, and Baker Mayfield, everybody thought, including myself, that we were going to see the same Browns run, 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 run down their throats and Baker Mayfield maybe drop back 23, 24 times. That's not what we saw. Kevin Stefanski's game plan going into this was obviously to get Baker Mayfield involved. I mean, the first drive of the game – there was five passes and only two runs. Kevin Stefanski's trust in Baker Mayfield. I mean, because that took a lot of guts for Kevin Stefanski. That could have gone the other way. I mean, Baker could have turned over the ball, but he didn't do that. What are your thoughts on Kevin Stefanski? Obviously, the trust is getting big with Baker Mayfield, and, and it goes both ways. But what do you think about that relationship with Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield? You know, I um... – Whenever he got hired in offseason, off I was – I thought that – I looked at, like, the, the Kirk Cousins numbers and the system he ran in Minnesota, and the weapons were very similar. And everything that I heard about Stefanski, I was just like, okay, this could be the guy that plays to the quarterback's strengths instead of asking him to do things that he may not be comfortable to do. And I think what we've seen is – it's literally happening right in front of our eyes because each game to me, it's like he's put a little bit more trust into Baker. And I think if the weather had been different at the Raiders and Eagles game, we would have seen it progress even more, but this was the game that I feel like it's almost been building to this season just to give him the chance to go out there and win the game with his arm. And I think it says a lot about Stefanski to to know that they're the number one rushing team in the league going up against the Titans defense, which isn't a, a great run defense or, you know, a great defense overall. And they, they could have just ran Chubb and Hunt 20 times each if they wanted to. But I thought it was very smart by him to um, to come out there and kind of catch him off guard. You know, I don't think any of them expected Baker to do what he did, no. especially after – the Titans played the Browns last year, week one, which I know is a completely different team, but they have seen Baker and they saw him, excuse me, they, they saw him throw three interceptions and look very flustered. So I feel like Vrabel, especially going into this, maybe thought they're not worried about Baker. Their stop Chubb and Hunt was their game plan and it caught him off guard. So I think that was smart by Stefanski to, to kind of show that, give that trust into Baker for him to go out there and win the game with his arm, and he did. What do you think that does for other defensive coordinators preparing for the Cleveland Browns? I mean, before last week, you just figured, okay, this guy stopped the run and do the best with that and put the, the ball in Baker's hands and make him win the game. They haven't been successful doing that. But now when you face the Cleveland Browns, you got to worry about our run game. And now you have to worry about Baker Mayfield because he's been, pro he's proven to be a threat. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I think it, it, especially the time because we're we're making this playoff push it just makes us not one-dimensional and that was going to be our biggest downfall like trying to get to the postseason was just 
going to be – if we're a one-dimensional team, I just don't think we're going to make it. We may not even make it to playoffs. If we do, I don't know how well we'd do. But now that we're looking to not be a one-dimensional team, it just – it makes it harder to game plan for. Because like you said, you know, for the for the Ravens game next Monday, it's just – well, look at what Baker did against the Titans and even against the Jags. You know, he was throwing tight window throws against the Jags. So, yeah, it makes them rethink some things of, oh, so if we take Chubb and Hunt out of the mix, like, is Baker going to be able to beat us? Because it looks like he can. It, it has really thrown a monkey wrench in defensive coordinators' hands when they're preparing against us. And I'm glad to see it. I mean, w- w- us Browns fans, we knew what Baker could do. We've seen it you know, especially in 2018, last year was the disaster. You know, our coaching staff struggled to, to lead this team and Baker struggled because I just don't think he had the right leadership, um, you know, in the coaching staff. But this year with Kevin Stefanski, (laughs) I can't believe, I just cannot believe where we're at nine and three in a season, Kevin Stefanski, you know, comes to the Browns. There's no off season. There's no training camp. It's all virtual zoom meetings. And to do what they've done to put us in a position to possibly win the AFC North. I mean, that's even, that's crazy that we're even talking about that, but it's possible to be in that position is just bananas. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I think it, you know, it speaks volumes to, Stefanski's got these players to really buy into what he's building here. And like you said, with no normal offseason, Zoom meetings, shortened mini, you know, all the adversity in the world. And, I mean, every NFL team deals with injuries. Browns have had boatload of injuries, COVID uh, cases with, with players missing. And they've won a lot of big games or just a lot of games in general without a lot of key players. I mean, we, we, we didn't have Chubb for four games. We were missing Denzel Ward right now. Miles Garrett was out. And we've been able to overcome that and win these games. And I just think that, you know, he's, he's the front runner for coach of the year for me. Even before the Titans game, I was like, man, people, no one's talking about it. No one wants to, it seems, but he's just, it's hard not to say he's the coach of the year front runner because obviously we're Browns fans. So we're going to, we're more biased, but I just think the proof is there. You know, he's, he's done just an amazing job, completely blew me away. This game was just, Amazing. The, 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 the first half was, I, I don't think I've seen a, a half of, you know, a game of football played by the Cleveland Browns that I saw this past Sunday. It was just amazing. I mean, we were up, what was the score going into halftime? Was it 38 to seven? 31 yeah, seven? I think it was 31 and then Chubb scored that touchdown in the, in the second half to make it 38 to seven. I, I could be, I could be wrong about that. I mean, it's, it was just an unbelievable half of football. We saw things that, um, you know, Kendall Lamb scoring the touchdown. <laughs> Are you serious? An offensive lineman? Was that in your end zone? No, that was the opposite end zone. Yeah, that was the opposite end zone. I still lost my mind, though. I was like, man, they. Uh, a lot of my friends who are Titans fans, they they messaged in, the, in a group chat I was in. They said – they just the Browns just did to us what we've done to people because I think the Titans have ran that same kind of trick play a few times in the past few years, so he kind of Stefanski almost did one of the Titans like plays that they like to do against them, and it was it was brilliant. I saw something on Twitter where I think that Kendall Lamb reported as eligible like two or three plays leading up to that score, so it kind of 
the Titans defense didn't even think about it because I think he reported as eligible a few times on that drive. And, you know, like teams do that all the time, and it completely caught him off guard. That was just amazing. I mean, for me, one of the turning points of the game was when Sheldon Richardson caused that fumble by Derrick Henry. When that happened, it was just one of those things where you're like, man, this is going the Browns way. This is, I mean, it was 10 to, uh, I think it was 10 to three before you could blink your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It, man. Yeah. The score was going up so fast and that fumble was uh Derrick Henry doesn't fumble, you know, I've shot a lot of Titans games and, I, I don't ever see him fumble. I mean, so that was just a game-changing, massive play. And, they, you know, they say games are de- decided by two or three plays usually, and that was one of them, you know, because that, that made him go up 17-3 uh, to three right there because they got the ball in the, in the Titans' red zone. And, yeah, like that was, you know, the way that, that it looks like Joe Woods with the defense, they – handled Henry very well which I know he didn't run as much as they usually would because they were having to pass more but they the tackling on him was incredible right for his legs right for his feet and then like that strips I mean the Browns were after the ball all day they had like four forced fumbles I believe you know it was it was crazy to see how well that defense because the defense is, has worried me this year and it was good to see them step up like that especially in the first half yeah, I mean, um, MJ Stewart, you know, he had a good play on the ball in the third and nine, and they forced the punt. I mean, the, the team just stepped up. It was so good to see. You had mentioned 2018 Baker. When he dropped back and, and threw that 75-yard bomb to Donovan Peoples-Jones, I, I was out of my skin excited. I was jumping up and down. I <laughs> – my wife yelled at me a little bit, but I didn't care. That play was – Yeah, that that play was just we, – we really haven't seen a lot of deep balls like that this year from Baker as much as I'd wanted to. And that was – it was awesome to see a, just a strike down the field. And Peoples-Jones, you know, he ran a great route. And the, the play fake from, um, from Baker was great, you know. So it was, it was just a perfect play all around. Um, the, the second half, obviously, the the Titans were, you know, they caught up and it came down to an onside kick. I've been a Browns fan a long time. Michael, I know you've been a Browns fan a long time. Usually I would worry, but for whatever reason, that whole second half, I was not worried about the Browns losing that football game. Man, I was on Twitter. I was tweeting. I was having a good time. I was having a nice cold beverage. I never – even when they – came down to the onside kick I never thought the Browns were going to lose that game yeah I didn't either man it's funny you say that because it's been like that for a few games you know like the close games we've had this year like even the Jags game where I just I there's something about this team that just feels different and I think that's what separates so much from the same old Browns or there's still the Browns the stuff that we've heard for years now and even hearing it in a year where we're nine and three I still hear it sometimes and and yeah I was never worried ever like my my friends are Titans fans group message we were in they were like oh we're we're coming back I'm like no this is we you know there's a lot of stuff's garbage time and you know like we we handled the game well I I would like to see like them to keep the foot on the gas a little bit more in the second half to to not let teams 
wiggle their way back and everything. But still, yeah, I never had that anxiety in my stomach of, man, what if, you know, like if they do this, they do this, do they do this? Yeah, I was, I was never really worried either. I mean, that's the good thing about this team is we have a lot of cool learning moments while we're winning. You know, Kevin Stefanski, I'm sure he's analyzing the hell out of that second half, and he's not going to let that happen again to the point where, you know, we, we didn't almost lose that game. Like you said, it was garbage time touchdown. I mean, Baker fumbling the ball on a quarterback sneak, you know, that that, that could, probably could have been played differently. I don't think, yeah. you know, we should do that again, in my opinion. But <laughs> yeah, agreed, yeah. It, it wasn't as close as the scores indicated. No, I, I definitely don't think it was. And I've seen it, you know, I was watching Good Morning Football the following day and they were like, don't let the score score fool you. Like this was, the Browns dominated this game. And I think they did like that, you know, if that fumble even didn't happen, it would have not even been as close as 41 to 35. But yeah, was never worried. And I still feel like that was just a dominating game. Just that first half alone, that stuff just doesn't happen, you know, a lot where the offense was clicking on all the cylinders and it's just blowing everyone away i checked my phone at halftime and twitter was just in shambles about like look what the browns are doing in the titans right now and it was yeah it was something it definitely blew up twitter for sure not even on browns twitter just twitter in general just blew it up i mean that that's the cool thing is nobody saw that come coming including browns fans i mean if if we could be honest we were confident going into that game but part of us was like a little curious, how are we going to handle this team that is well coached? They, they're a good football team. They can run the ball well. They have good receivers. They have a, a great quarterback and Ryan Tannehill. I was a little curious, you know, how were the Browns? Were they going to show up or was it going to be a, a game like against the Steelers and against the Ravens, you know, and, and against the Tennessee Titans, what they did to us last year? So for the way that they played that game, and especially in the first half, it shocked everybody, including yep. Browns fans, um, including national media. We're the talk of the town right now. So it was yeah. a shock. Yeah, it was definitely a shock. Like, I think I tweeted before the game that I was nervous. And, you know, I, I, it was a mixture of confident and nervous because I was like, man, we've been playing well, and I, I do believe in this team, but you still – the narrative going into that game, and I mean, I think almost everyone from the national media picked the Titans. I didn't see any Browns helmets on any of the shows whenever they go to pick the games. So it was just between the week one loss last year against the Titans combined with just the big losses we've had against the the Steelers and Ravens this year, it was in my head, I was like, man, that can't happen. This is, not, you know, if that happens, the narrative for the rest of the year is, and with Baker in general, it's like, you can't win the big game. You can't beat good teams so it was to see what happened was just I think that's why I'm still just on cloud nine right now was it Wednesday and I'm still just you know it was just very very satisfying well Baker has gone five games without throwing an INT he's taking care of the football and we're winning games we're nine and three um let's look at the current playoff standings the the Browns are sitting at number five in the first wild card spot currently uh, but the first four teams, the Steelers 11 and one are the first team. Second is Chiefs at 11 and one. I guess Steelers must have the tiebreaker. Third is Bills at nine and three. And the fourth is Tennessee Titans, who we just beat. They're in a battle with the Colts. They're both eight and four, but Titans have the tiebreaker. The Browns find themselves in the fifth spot, as I'd mentioned. 
Dolphins at, at six and Colts at seven. And in the hunt, let's mention these teams, the Raiders, the Ravens, who are about to play, and the New England Patriots. What do you think, man? I mean, how do you think this is going to shake out? Um, I, I have all the schedules here for the remaining schedules if you have any questions. But what, what are your thoughts of so – so the current wild cards are the Browns, Dolphins, Colts, in the hunt, Raiders, Ravens, and Patriots. How do you think this is going to shake out? Man, it's it's hard to say, and I I mean, the the super fan of me is like, oh, the the Browns are winning the AFC North. Like, there's no doubt about my mind. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. do it. You know? Um, but I I really see the Browns holding on to that fifth the the fifth seed, and then the rest of the teams. It's interesting, you know. Like, um, honestly, I hate to even say it, but the Patriots, man, I just they're they're sticking around, you know. They're sticking around, and I think that they might be able to sneak in one of those final uh, playoff spots. And I don't know how I feel about the Raiders. I know, I know, I know they beat us earlier this year, but they, they're kind of playing a little bit inconsistently lately. Um, and then, of course, I want to see the Ravens just not even get close to the playoffs. So let's just have them implode the rest of the year. That would be great. But yeah, um, yeah. L- what what are what are the schedules remaining for uh for the the Dolphins? Do they have an easy schedule remaining, or is it kind of tough? It's 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 tough. <laughs> They're actually the Dolphins' remaining schedule are all playoff contenders. They play the Chiefs at home. That's not an easy game. You can pretty much mark that off as a loss, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, what do you think? Saying, yes. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is like the the Chiefs have been kind of winning some very close games lately, you know, and that my knee jerk reaction is, is yes. Like the Chiefs will win that one, but. I mean, it's in Arrowhead. I don't know. No, I'm yeah. sorry. It's, it's in Miami. Oh, okay. Oh, even yeah. better. Let's, let's give um, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> some warm weather and. Yeah. We'll just six touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they have the Chiefs. That's a tough game. I mean, the Chiefs are the, top team in maybe the entire NFL. Then they uh, go to the at home against the Patriots. Uh, yeah, that could go either way, really. At Raiders. Also could go either way. At Bills. That's probably a loss. So, all right. So the Dolphins, the Dolphins are eight and four. They play the Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, and Bills. What, what do you think? I mean, what's the best case scenario of what they can win their last four games? Man, that that is very tough. I'm. I really think ugh, best case scenario with that with that remaining schedule, like nine and seven for them. If they if they pull off nine and seven from that, because I really think that the Raiders may be the only team that they can beat in that. Like I think the Bills. And the Patriots and Chiefs would would have their number. Yeah, I mean, just that's, with that's their remaining. Tough. Yeah, that is tough. I mean, and nine and seven ain't going to get it done. No, no, no. definitely not. So I, I don't think so. Dolphins are out. Yeah, let's say let's say the Dolphins are out. All right, all right. Let's say the Dolphins are out. Let, let's um put the next team in the hunt with the Raiders replacing them. The Raiders schedule remaining. Colts at home. Chargers at home, Dolphins at home, at Broncos. 
So they have three home games in a row, Colts, Chargers, Dolphins, and then they finish the season at Denver. Okay. I feel like the I feel like the Colts will beat them. But every other game to me seems pretty winnable for them. Um especially with the home games coming down the stretch. That's that's pretty big. Okay, so let's say they go 3 and 1. That would put the Raiders at 10 and 6. 10 and 6 could that could get it done to to be one of the one of the other playoff seeds. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Colts are the seventh seed. They're at Raiders. Okay, so you know, the Raiders have three home games in the road. The the Colts are on the road the next three weeks. They're oh, at, man. at Raiders. Um, I have at Colts. The Colts can't be playing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> hold on let me pull it up here it is 2020 man yeah anything can happen right (laughs) (laughs) all right so at at raiders i'm sorry they're home against the texans okay so at raiders at texans at steelers home against the jaguars week 17 i see i see at least two losses from that like the um the Steelers. Who's the, who's the team before the Steelers? I mean, the Browns fan in us wants the Colts to beat the Steelers, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I do think the Steelers are. They kind of, as... the schedule's weird with these teams because they kind of cannibalize themselves a little bit. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, it seems like they're all playing playoff teams, like the Colts are playing at Raiders, at. Um, no, home against the Texans, at Steelers, at ja- um, home against the Jaguars. Uh, yeah. um, all right, let's say they beat the Raiders. They yeah. beat the Texans. I mean, I don't know. Do they win those two games or do they split? Let's, let, let's say they split. I was, yeah, I was about to say, let's say they split those. Let's say they split those and beat the Steelers because I think the Colts I think they're I mean it's at Pittsburgh but hey with the no fans thing let's say they split against the Raiders and Colts and they beat the Steelers that put them at two and one they could be three and one yeah going down the stretch so the Colts would be was that 11 and five yeah 11 and five yeah yeah that would uh I mean that would definitely that may get them the AMC uh, AFC South depending on how the titans shake out so yeah you're right i mean the titans uh titans got to find a way to finish nine and seven dude they do it every year so you know they're gonna <laughs> they're, they're gonna find a way to go nine and seven well if the titans go nine and seven they're out of the playoffs yeah no nah, i'm mainly just joking around i don't uh i i don't think that i think that that that's the most interesting uh non-brown related thing to end the season for me especially in the afc is who's going to win the AFC South, you know, between the Titans and Colts, it, it literally can come down to either one of them. It's a pretty tight race. You ready to talk Ravens? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the Ravens are sitting at seven and five. <laughs> All right. They just won against the Cowboys last night. I, the game was over at halftime and I, I turned to my wife. I'm like, you know, the Ravens are going to make us stay up and watch this game. <laughs> 
<laughs> Even though I didn't want to, I wanted to go to bed, but I stayed up and watched the whole game and it was, I don't know, man, I'm just not really impressed with the, the Ravens, the, the way that they're playing football right now. I mean, I, I think the Browns are a better, well-rounded, more well-rounded football team. You got to respect the Ravens though, because they're the AFC North champions defending AFC North champions, but let's look at their schedule. All right, so the Ravens are seven and five. They play, obviously, they play us at our home this coming Monday night. Then they play the Jags, the Giants at home, at Bengals week 17. Man. That is a cakewalk yeah. schedule uh, besides our game. Besides, uh, and the Giants. Yeah. Us yeah, and the, the Giants. The Giants are playing pretty well. I was going to say that could be one of the teams that steals a victory from them, you know. Um, but they do have it pretty easy minus uh, the Monday night game against us to finish out the year. So, I mean, to me, the Ravens playoff hopes are in our hands. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that for sure. And it's awesome as a Browns fan to, to say that we control our own destiny, you know, for, for one year in this, you know, so um, yeah, it's going to be big because, you know, we play them this Monday and then if we beat them and the Giants can steal one and, then they're even if they they won the final two games I feel like they're they're out of it yeah you you said something that's the most important I mean we can talk about wins and losses current playoff standings who will do what the nice position to be in is if you control your own destiny which is where the Browns find themselves at nine and three we're in the uh, fifth seed we're we're two games ahead of the in the hunt teams with the Raiders and the the Ravens so we control our own destiny this coming Monday night. I mean, we thought last Sunday was the biggest game, which it was this coming Monday night. This is our, the biggest game of the Browns 2020 season. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely would agree. Um, even leading up to the Titans game, I heard people saying that about, Oh, this is the biggest game of the year. And I just kept thinking like, man, win or lose that, that Monday night football game against the Ravens is massive. This has to be the one. It's huge. The last episode, uh, you know, we talked about these next two games being a barometer for where we match up to playoff contending teams. And, and the Browns were a playoff contending team as well, but it was a good thermometer to find out where we're at against the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. And what we came up with, if we can split, these next two games against the Titans and the Ravens, um, you know, Tron Madden. Yeah. Yeah. I see him on Twitter. Yeah. 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 He was the, the guest of the last show is awesome. Oh great, man. It was a great time, but um, we, we came to an agreement. If we split these next two games, the Browns would be in great shape. Now I had mentioned if we beat the Tennessee Titans, I'm going to want the whole enchilada. I'm going to want to beat the Ravens. So that's where we're at, man. we beat the Tennessee Titans. We're about to face the Baltimore Ravens. What are your initial thoughts going into this AFC North matchup? Man, I honestly, I feel really good about this matchup. Um, I, like I know the Ravens beat us week one, but I just think this is a very different, uh, very different football team. Now, but both teams are very different. The Browns are, they're, they're on a hot streak and they're playing very confident. And I don't feel like the Ravens are playing very confident football They've had a lot of adversity, and I, and besides that, I just I don't really feel like their offense has looked nearly as dangerous as it was last year. 
So, I mean, going into this game, like you said, like after beating the Titans, it's it's not even like a let's let's split one of the no now it's just like we we have to this is huge this is a big statement if we if we beat the Ravens then it really proves to everyone in the NFL that we're definitely the real deal the question marks go away yeah the question marks go away with the Browns victory for sure all right so the mindset of the Browns are let's put away the Ravens let's let's beat this team let's show them that that we are contenders in the AFC North. The Ravens mindset are we're the defending champions of the AFC North. And Oh, by the way, our backs are against the wall for the playoffs. So, you know, they're bringing their a game to me. This is a game where you can throw all the stats out the window. It's really a matter of who wants it the most, the Browns or the Ravens who can, out physical each other because that's what it's going to come to. It's going to be a tough, nasty game. And I think the Browns are going to show up for this one, man. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I definitely, I definitely feel um, like they're going to come out just like they did get, you know, did against the Titans where it's just clicking on all cylinders and playing at a very like high confident level. Cause you know, like you said, like the Ravens need it. Like they're fighting for their playoff hopes. So they're going to, you know, it's it's always going to be physical against them and the Steelers and the AFC North in general. It's always very physical matchups. And, yeah, it's it's going to be a battle of who wants it more. And with the way the Browns are playing, I just – I really feel good about them coming out on top. I do too. The, the – yeah, I totally do, man. Mike, I, I feel really good going into this game. Um, I, I'm not overconfident. Some would call this, you, you know, so the Ravens are probably a little jealous. The, the Browns are getting all the media talk and everybody's high on the Browns. Everybody's all, you know, you know, the Ravens are all but done. So that that's their thoughts going into this game. So we're going to get their best effort. I mean, we really are. We're going to get their best effort. Their backs are against the wall. The Browns have a lot to prove. It, it's going to be an excellent game. And, oh, by the way, it's on Monday Night Football. The entire world is going to be watching this one game and this one game only, unless COVID happens and a Sunday game gets rescheduled to Monday. But for right now, <laughs> it's the only game on the docket. Yeah, which it does make me a little nervous with the Ravens with their outbreaks lately. Hopefully everything stays because – I'm excited for this one. I love that it's, that it's Monday night primetime. You know, this is a game that should be watched by everyone because I think it's going to be one of the one of the better matchups um, in the past few weeks. Really. It's a huge game. It's huge for both teams, especially with the Steelers losing because the AFC North got a lot more interesting. So, you know, you got to think the Browns go out there and take care of business. It, it just makes it even more like, wait a minute, forget the fifth seed. What about the division, which was – out of the question up until this point or you know close to out of the question at least so yeah it's it's a huge game I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, especially being in prime time by our game Mike we're gonna know where the Steelers are at you know they, they play the Buffalo Bills on on Sunday right yeah yeah they do pretty they, sure they, they play the Bills on on Sunday so <laughs> I like the Bills' chances in that one. I think they're a great team. We just saw them, um, you know, against the 49ers. I really think the Bills can win that game. How would that be going into Monday night football, knowing the Steelers lost, 
if the Browns win, now we're only one game back from this Pittsburgh Steelers for the AFC North crown. <laughs> and just saying that just gives me chills. I'm like, let's go. Let's uh, go. Seriously, like it's – and you have to – I mean, I don't know. You saw the players after after the Steelers lost, man. Miles, Juice. Yeah. Everyone – you know, like if, if the Steelers lose against the Bills, their motivation is going to be through – the roof more than it already is right now to be like oh damn Steelers lost we're gonna go out here and take care of business which you know oh man that's just I'm just so excited for it I hate having to wait all day I mean I love the Monday Night Football but you know you're sitting there waiting I'm just like man this is it's gonna be it's gonna be a game if the Steelers do lose against the Bills which I, I agree the Bills are Bills are a good team and I think the Steelers have not been the undefeated, former undefeated, great team, powerhouse team all season. So if they go in and uh, and lose, then I, I look for the Browns players to come out and just be more motivated than ever to beat the Ravens. Do you, do you think that motivation can help move the Vegas lines on, on the Ravens-Browns games? Because right now the Ravens, believe it or not, I, I, was, I had to check this. The Ravens are favored by one against the Browns in Cleveland for Monday night football and the over under is 46 and a half. Do you think the line can change if the, the yeah, it it could, if if the Steelers end up losing. Yeah. I think I saw that, that the Ravens were favored. I'm like, man, it really is, you know, Cleveland against the world. It doesn't matter. We we could have beat the Titans 68 and nothing. They're like, well, the the Ravens, uh, Ravens are favored going into Monday night. So yeah. But if the Steelers do lose, I think that line could move a little bit, you know, here's an interesting stat. Rushing yards per game, Ravens are first with 169 yards per game. Guess who's number two? Well, you already know this. Should be us, right? We were yeah. one until they played uh, the Cowboys, who's been giving up 500 yards a game rushing. Up yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're number two. So the Ravens are number one at 169 yards a game. We're number two at 157 yards per game. Um, you know – Lamar Jackson, you got to respect that quarterback when it comes to the run game. Let's talk about the run game. How do we stop Lamar Jackson? I mean, they have – and they have, besides him, they have three great running backs. They have J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram. I mean, they have a great backfield, and they're a running back by committee. You don't know who you're going to see for whatever play. They always have fresh legs in the game, a little bit like us in that regard. But how do you stop the Ravens? Because to me, that's one of the keys to the game is stopping their rushing attack and put it in Lamar Jackson's hands. I mean, he can beat you with his arm. We've seen that. But I would much rather him try to beat us with his arm than with their legs. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's, it's, um, it's definitely a very tough team to stop on the ground. But we've, we've done it. And we've seen it done, you know. Um, I think the biggest thing for the Browns, even before they get on the defensive side of the ball, is to to go get a lead. You get a lead on the Ravens. You get a two-possession lead on the Ravens. It's tough. It's very tough. And um, I think that we've seen some teams do some things to confuse Lamar Jackson this year because he is very talented. He's a talented guy, talented quarterback. I don't – think that he's the great passer 
he has to be. I think that it's just it's been proven too many times in playoff games and, and other games where they have to play from behind where, you know, if he's throwing it 40 times a game, they're they're not going to win. So it's going to be a big test for our linebackers who, you know, have been playing pretty well lately. Sione Taki Taki, I saw, I think he's second in the NFL at a, a run defense grade. You know, so he's he's been playing well, and uh, you got to have your your game record, Miles Garrett. He's got to be able to get there. When Lamar actually drops back and it's not RPO, got to get there. You know, so um, it's it's going to be tough because you know we saw it at, in game one, and once they get going and they do that RPO and they're you know Jackson's going one way and then he's not getting the ball. You know, it just it gets tough. It's very tough to stop. So. But I don't think their offense is nearly as effective as it was last year. So I feel a lot better about it, especially with how our offense is playing to to be able to put up points. Because if you can run with them, you can beat them, you know. And we just we we if if we're not gonna be able to stop him, we got to run with them. Yeah, yeah, we got to be able to run with them. To to me, L- Lamar Jackson is the keys to victory for us. You know, we got to stop that guy. You know, you saw, was it Monday night against the Cowboys? He was running all over the field, man. Yeah. I mean, extending plays. I mean, he had a long rush for a touchdown. We we can't have that in our game. You know, if he gets back past our front four, you know, our linebackers have to step up, seal the edge, whatever they have to do, but they have to stop Lamar Jackson from extending plays. And, you know, to your point, if we can get up on the Baltimore Ravens, you know, 10 – 14 points that's going to change their game plan you know so yeah Yeah. I like that I mean do you think that'll be Kevin Stefanski's game plan a little bit like the Tennessee Titans getting Baker Mayfield more involved or do you think he's going to try to slow the game down and maybe switch it back up to where um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are running the ball extending drives and milking clock I mean what do you think Kevin Stefanski's thinking going into this game you know, I honestly, I feel like that he's such an intelligent guy and he's he's getting better coaching-wise each game that, you know, he's – everyone just saw what Baker did to the Titans throwing the ball over the field. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a very run-heavy game from him this time around just to keep any kind of predictability as low as possible because coming off of that game against the Titans – there's a good reason to believe the Ravens and, you know, defense are preparing for, okay, well, Baker just had a big game last year and he had – or last game and he had a big game, a good game against uh, the Jags. You know, they're going to come out throwing. But, I mean, we can run on anybody. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, um, a heavy dose of, of Chubb and Hunt to really just wear that defense down a little bit and then, like, hit them with the play action and everything. So, I don't know if it's going to be like a – similar to what we saw against the Titans. I I, I bet Stefanski is going to try to, you know, come in and, and switch up from what we just saw a week ago and, and do a heavy, heavy uh, rushing attack. Wyatt Teller, I don't know any news on him. I haven't had any updates, but he's on the COVID reserve lift list. It sounds like um, he had a close contact with somebody outside the building, maybe a friend or family member. This hasn't been talked about, but this is a, a testament to, okay, to be a, a, a good football team in 2020, you, one of the things you have to do is be healthy. The Browns have done an excellent job COVID-related. 
with their protocols, I mean, the NFL has done a pretty good job with their protocols, but the Browns have done an excellent job with, you know, containing the virus, keeping it out of our building. And one of the things that's important is self-policing. You know, if you're a, a player for the Cleveland Browns and, and you're at risk that you may have come in contact with somebody who had COVID outside the building, I, I kudos to Wyatt Teller for, you know, giving our office a heads up, say, hey, I don't know the whole story. I mean, I could be totally off base, but it sounds like he might have come into contact with a family member or a friend outside the building that had COVID and the Browns said, hey, let's be safe. Let's keep you out of the building. Let's do testing. He might be ready for this coming Monday night, though. But Yeah, yeah. I think based on what I've seen, I, I think you're pretty close to, to um, what exactly happened there because Stefanski said in his press conference today that, that – there's a good, you know, like there's a solid chance that he'll be able to play. It's precautionary. So if he thinks he was around a friend or family member and he does due diligence to let him know, then we're, I'd say there's a good chance we'll have him, which, I mean, we're going to need him. And he's all pro level playing this year. So, um, but good, really, on, but good on him though. For, yeah. No, that was, you know, that cause was, that, that could be a piece of information you could ignore. You're like, Oh, I don't have that. But he, you know, you risk the chance of infecting your teammates. Yeah. He knows the importance of where we're at nine and three, we're in a playoff battle. So man, Wyatt Teller, you know, you're doing good things on and off the field. So good job, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's definitely good on him. And, you know, he's trying to let, like you said, the the Browns have done a, a good job this year of keeping as contained as possible. You know, there hasn't been any massive outbreaks and, his actions right there is are a testament to that of like what's being preached within the building combined with just his overall morals and everything, you know, that's, that's really good on him. Um, turnovers. I think this could be a big part of this game and we're, we're about out of time. We're going to wrap things up, but let, let's get into turnovers. The Ravens are plus three, the Browns are plus seven in turnovers. That's, that's huge. Yep. That, that could be an important part of this game. Of course, turnovers is really hard to predict who would have ever thought that we would have, you know, stripped the ball out of Derrick Henry's hands that happened. And that was a big part of the game. That could be a big part of this game. What are your thoughts on the Browns D and um, you know, where they're at, obviously they're coming along, but what are your thoughts going into this game against the Ravens? Yeah, I definitely, I, I see them going after the ball a lot against the Ravens because each game I've seen they're, they're, going after the ball a lot more and it's paying off between tip drills and forced fumbles and strip sacks and everything, which, you know, Miles Garrett's pretty much got one a game. It seems like every time he's back there. Um, Yeah. So I I think that in order to beat the Ravens, you got to be able to force at least one or two turnovers. You got to have one of those game changing plays. Um, And with the way they're playing right now, they're, you know, they're getting after the ball. So I, I really, I really see um, a good chance of, of forcing an interception. Miles Garrett getting one of his strip sacks. I think you know that that's what they're going to have to do. It's going to be a tough tough one to win if uh, if they're not forcing at least one or two turnovers. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we can only control. You know, one of the things we can't do is turn over the ball. Baker Mayfield, like I said, five games without an interception. We've been doing a great job in that area and hopefully that continues this game 
Um, one, one, one player that we really have to pay attention to that hurt us the last game was, is Mark Andrews, They're the Ravens' tight end. He caught two touchdown passes last game. He's a big guy. Um, him and Baker Mayfield were teammates in college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so Baker knows what he can do, but unfortunately yep. Baker can't do anything about what Mark <laughs> Andrews does on the field. So to me – um, we have to really keep him under check. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a um, probably a big point of emphasis, I would say, especially, like you said, coming off the, the first game. You know, Lamar Jackson loves his tight ends. And yes. <laughs> you take away his tight ends and make him play from behind, very exposed. We can do both of those things, then, then I love our chances. I mean, Joe Woods has his work cut out for him. And I love what – ever since the bye – Joe Woods, he's just done a fantastic job this year. We, we have had so many injuries on this team, most of them being on the defensive side of the ball. It seems like every week, I don't know who's starting, who's in, you know, I mean, we have guys coming in. Um, you know, MJ Stewart came in the game uh, this past Sunday. I wasn't even expecting him to play, but here he is. He's playing, and he was effective out there. So, for this game, Joe Woods has his work cut out for him. To me, it's stop the run game, contain Lamar Jackson and um, Mark Andrews. So, and I'll say this, their receivers are coming along as well. You know, Marquise Brown caught an awesome touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. I don't know how many yards it was, but you got to stop that guy too. But to me, it's the tight ends and the running games that you have to contain on, on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You you do both of those things, and, and the, the chances of a victory go up even more. And, yeah, Brown, yeah, he had that touchdown catch. Their, their receivers, they, they don't freak me out, though, near as much yeah. as as, uh, as other parts of their offense. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup. But I agree, Joe, Joe Woods has made great adjustments this year, especially after that bye week each game. And um, it's been a very bend-but-don't-break type defense and I think it's getting better with each game in terms of just the plays they're making big plays at the right time so they just got to keep doing that yeah I mean to me the the wide receivers we just faced against the Tennessee Titans were way more scary than <laughs> yeah yeah AJ Brown and Corey Davis they're over yeah man and that's another <laughs> thing with that going back to that Titans game real quick I was terrified of A.J. Brown going into that game. I was like, man, Derrick Henry, you get him going, play action to A.J. Brown, and he's, you know, he's a monster. He's basically – excuse me, he's he's really not getting the respect he deserves in terms of – everyone talks about Metcalf and comparing him to Cal. I mean, Brown's numbers are almost the same as Metcalf since coming in the league, and no one really – I mean, he gets talked about, but not not on the level that we're seeing everywhere else. So, that was that was good on them to be able to – limit the big plays you know they got to do that again this week against the Ravens yeah I had AJ Brown on my fantasy team and traded him and I've been kicking myself every week <laughs> like, why did I do that why did I do that no but it's okay <laughs> yeah all right uh let, let's get into score predictions uh this coming Sunday again the over-under is 46 and a half Ravens favored by one what are your final predictions for this game well I'm gonna say um to be a good revenge game for the Browns after week one, and they're going to – it's going to be close, though. So, I'm going to say Browns uh, 31, Ravens 27. 
rounds. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. I'm definitely not I'd be I'd be surprised if we see another uh we you know, I, I give a lot of passes to the week one game, honestly, just because it's the first game of the season and most unprecedented off season in history, really. So it was it was tough, but I feel a lot better about this one. So you're picking you're also picking the over then. If it's forty six and a half, you're you're picking fifty eight points. That's that's <laughs> that'd be a great Monday night game, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's if that's yeah. the final score, the Browns are going to be in prime time a lot of games next year. Yeah, and yeah, we probably I, already will. But um, okay, so before you wrote that score, I actually wrote mine down before you. Oh yeah, I was about to ask you what yours was. I wrote down thirty to twenty-eight Browns. <laughs> Man, almost. That's why. That's why I was laughing when you said your score. We, we're awesome. literally two points off. <laughs> Great minds, man. Great minds. Awesome. Yep. 30 to 28 Browns, 31, 27 Browns. Either way, we get the victory. 10 and three. That's that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about here. 10 and three. We haven't been able to say that for the since the Browns have come back in 1999. I think our best record is 10 and six, I believe. Ten, yep, 10 and six in uh, 2007. And we missed the playoffs that year. And we missed the playoffs that year. Yeah, so this is – you know, after they won against the Titans, ESPN posted like the Browns clinch a winning season for the first time in, you know, 13 years or whatever it is. And I'm over here just like, that's cool. I want to see double digit. I want to see 10 wins. I want to see 11 wins. You know, like this is just, I'm just hungry right now. So um, 10 and three though, man, that just sounds. Can you even imagine? Every time I say it, I'm just like, man, just give me that. That's the content I need in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's that's incredible and and to 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 do that beating the ravens in the afc north would just be incredible but we have to we have to show up on monday night it's not going to be an easy game like i said you can throw stats completely out the window the ravens know what we're doing maybe i don't know stefanski threw a monkey wrench in that a little bit maybe they don't yeah. know what we're doing we know what they're doing we know what their game's about so it's a matter of who wants it the most? It's going to be physical. I, I can't wait for this game, man. I really can't. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm I'm counting down, uh, counting down the days until it gets here. It's going to be it's going to be a heck of a game. This this is the time of the podcast where I want to give you a chance to give yourself a plug. I know we had mentioned your Twitter handle earlier, but maybe refresh us with that. And also, you're you write for medium.com you yeah do sports articles for the cleveland browns so um, where can the listeners find you and where can we you know become a fan of your work if we're not already yeah um yeah so my twitter is a uh, big underscore mike 9169 um and as you mentioned i I've, I've started writing articles on medium so you can find me on there just under michael welsh w-e-l-s-h um I have an Instagram if anyone's interested in all the work stuff I do, because that's pretty much what it is. It's my dogs and a bunch of crazy camera shoots that I do. So it's uh, mwelsh91 is my Instagram. So it's a lot of, a lot of fun stuff on there. So, yeah. Well, Mike, Big Mike, this was a ton of fun. We, yeah. we've, been, we've been friends on Twitter for a while now, a couple of years. Yeah. And we've never spoken before. This is the first time. 
Yeah, yeah. That's I gotta funny. say, on my end, it was a ton of fun, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, seriously. Thanks for having me on, man. I had a I had a great time, and yeah, I'd love to be back on sometime. You know, if you if you want to have me, it'd be be awesome. Let's do it. Let's let's make sure that happens. Well, um, let's go ahead and end the show. We're out of time, but I like to end all my podcasts with the Go Browns. So one, two, three, Go, go Browns. Browns.